Hi, this is Jay Bear of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Content Experience Show podcast. My name is Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. Ordinarily, I would be joined by the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip, but he is off jet-setting around the U.S. right now. But don't worry, because we still have an amazing episode for you today. We are joined today by Lauren Teague from Convince and Convert. One of the reasons I was so excited to bring Lauren on is because, well, first, she's absolutely brilliant, and you're going to hear this firsthand from the episode today, but she really spends a lot of time talking about creating real-time, on-the-fly content. You see, her entire background is actually in sports marketing and sports social media, which is where having time to sit down and actually create that excellent content, that excellent, share-worthy, invaluable content Time is a rarity. It's something that they just cannot afford. So she walks you through her entire framework for how to create real-time content on the fly. And it's really something that all digital marketers should have in their back pocket for when you need to create really great content and you are crunched for time. So whether it's event-based social media, event-based digital marketing, or you're just filling out your content calendar right now, you are going to want this framework. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Lauren in and hear what she has to say. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm so happy to be on Connex with you. I am really happy to have you here. I really, really am. Um, This is overdue because I'm so excited for all of the amazing knowledge you're going to drop on everybody today. I think you particularly have an amazing background. Before we get too far into that, um, I know you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's let everybody else get to know you. So tell everybody a little bit about, about yourself. So my name is Lauren Teague, and I am a strategist at Convince and Convert. That's my day job. I also moonlight in teaching people how to use social media and content. Really, I just want to make help people create better relationships with their audiences through content. I'm actually a comms person, not a marketing person. That's been true my whole career. I started in PR. I was in sports. I built and led the social media programs for the PGA Tour for seven seasons. So, And then I transitioned into the strategy role with um, Convince and Convert and working with some of the world's most interesting brands has been a fascinating learning experience for me. And I actually do now say sometimes I admit that I am a marketer at heart. So (laughs) you finally embrace the marketer label. I have been converted. Um, I have been convinced and converted. Converted, Yeah. That, that that joke. Yes. And in case people were wondering, we do make that joke internally. So, but yes, no. So what I think is actually hilarious too, though, is that you and I were so close to each other, but never knew each other until we really started working at Convince and Convert. Like we went to Northern Arizona University together. Right. We're both lumberjacks and not just lumberjacks, but school of journalism and and communications 
Right, like the same, the same college within the same university of like no more than 20,000 right. people. Right, but here's, here's the difference, right, Anna? And when you were in college, you were all advertising yes. and content and, when I, and journalism. And when I was in college, I was all the broadcasting and PR side. So we literally just like never truly intersected. But isn't that funny that um, just to be right there. And then even I know when you started your career, mine was in a similar trajectory. And then, you know, it took us years to finally come together. Yes. But you had a way cooler trajectory because you got an amazing opportunity when you were in school, which basically led to like your entire career. Which one are you referring to? <laughs> your sports background. Oh, the sports thing. Well, I you always like the dream of a lifetime that people like wish for. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to be in sports, but I didn't realize that you can do any job in sports, right? You can do content, you can do taxes, and you can still work for a sports organization. I think that's one thing I didn't realize and people still might not realize that whatever your dream job is, you can still follow your passion and what you're good at and carve a niche for yourself in that dream organization or that dream job because everybody needs janitors and marketers and content people and salespeople and, and the whole gamut. So I did, I did work in social or in sports at NAU um, and for the athletics department in our on-campus news station that parlayed into an internship with the trailblazers, which was all in communications really opened my eyes to PR. I diverted out the first job out of college. I went away from sports into a startup media brand, but ended up figuring out what social media was as it was emerging in 2007. Jay beat me to Twitter, but I was shortly after when one of my favorite organizations, the PGA Tour, put out a call for a social media person. I just knew that that was was my dream job. I had been doing social just long enough professionally, like right, building out the plans for social networks and developing communities for teachers and students and things, and also having the experience of using Facebook in college and building a MySpace page. Hey, MySpace oh, taught us all space. HTML, right? Did it not? Fair, fair. It also taught me that auto-playing music and animated GIFs were kind of the devil. But look, <laughs> look 10 years later, animated GIFs. That's true. Well, now they're funny because they're for reactions. But yes. So, okay. So the thing that I love is you went down this sports trajectory and like this amazing path and you got this dream job that everybody covets. And, you know, on my side, when I was doing content for my clients, I had the luxury of sitting down and creating a content calendar for the next three months and brainstorming ideas and making sure that all of these executions were flawless and beautiful and uh, not so with sports. I mean, that is like, like at a, in a second, it could change literally. Like your whole content plan right. is yeah, gone. You have to, right, because if you're banking on somebody winning a tournament, for example, in golf, and someone else just decides to shoot five under in three holes, which has happened, maybe four under in three holes, you know, like boom, new champion, any assets, any copy, any things that you had ready to go, gone. Same thing with, you know, football, like sports is so unpredictable and that's why we love it. That's why we're engaged with it. Um, And honestly, that's a content person in sports has a much different challenge than a content, a traditional content marketer, because the sport kind of sells itself. What are you really selling in the moment of that, right? There's a lot more moments that you have to cover and capture and be the second screen experience for, but what are you selling? You're actually selling the experience rather than the product or the service. And so to start my career and my content, 
that I think is super unique. And then being able to bring some of that experience of producing real time content and, and thinking through things very nimbly, having to be flexible, but putting processes in place to make sure that no matter who wins, no matter what the outcome is, we understand that the, here are the steps for the content that follow. Now in reflection, there's a lot that B2B and traditional content marketing can learn from the wild, wild west of sports and media and entertainment. And there's a ton that sports and media and entertainment need to learn campaign and true content marketing and audience development and customer journey and these things that we coach at CNC. And we've got to bring that into sports because some people have, you know, 16 games a year or, you know, they've got so much dead time and they're not thinking about what they can sell, what experiences they can give and what stories they can tell outside of like that sports arena. I I totally agree. I think there's something to be said about like sitting down and having that perfectly, you know, curated content and having all of that, those plans in place. But like when that goes haywire, that could go haywire a lot. And in an instant, I don't think like traditional marketers or even B2B or B2C content marketers have that necessarily in their tool belt. Um, And I'd love for you to give some tips and tricks and advice on this. But before you do, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And everybody, when we come back, we are going to dive in with Lauren on how she creates real-time content and how you can too. Hi, friends. This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at convinceandconvert.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are here with Lauren Teague, the fabulous Lauren Teague, and we are talking about uh, real-time content and how really marketers need to adopt a lot of these best practices and some of the tactics and strategies that sports marketers use because things could change in an instant, and it's really important to be flexible with how we create that content. So Lauren, you started to dive into real-time content, which is something that you speak about on stage. Um, I know you have a couple of talks coming up. make sure to let people know where before we sign off. But how do you define real-time content and what's sort of a way that everyday marketers like myself can start to adopt some of these practices? The first thing I do is actually introduce what real-time means to me. And so I have the acronym R-E-A-L, right? So R is for rapid because real-time content inherently is so fast, right? You have to be moving as fast as the newsfeed. And if you're producing on Twitter, the newsfeed moves really fast. So you have to be rapid, which means you have to be ready to go. You have to have, you know, templates built, things preset, even as simple as putting in the notes app on your phone or on your desktop, you know, all the titles, all the places, all the keywords, all the hashtags that you need to put into your content 
in real time. The second is engaging, right? So your content has to be engaging, but also you have to be committed to engage with the audience. So we're not using real-time content to promote, promote, promote. You're really using real-time content to engage and tell a story and be part of the experience. And so you have to know to be active and available on all the ends of both ends of the conversation and all the way through. And so sometimes that content is not what you have planned. It's retweeting or reposting something and putting your two cents or given that replying with a Jeff, you know, those things help make that engagement stand out. Because at the end of the day, if you're producing a story, an Instagram story with 30 frames over the course of a day or an event, which is very easy to do if you're embedded like that, but at the end of the day, you go back and you've got no reaction. Nobody sent you a message. Nobody's clicked on your links or added, you know, started to follow you. Like as a person who's doing that content and so invested in it, like that falls flat on you. And that's not a good feeling. So we want to make sure that we're engaged on all ends of the conversation and committed to that experience. So that's RE. A is actually an aim, right? Because as you know, in content marketing, like there's got to be some purpose. We got to have some sort of conversion. We got to have some goal set up. So that's your aim. You know, in sports, when I was doing PGA Tour social media, my aim was to make a fan a better fan, which was strictly as, you know, Anna, I know you're not a huge golf fan, but if I can get you to react to some of my tweets that turn into following us on social media, that turn into introducing you to a player who then you follow and maybe you download the leaderboard, maybe you go to the website. Now you're being hit with more advertising. You're getting more educated on the product. Then when the Waste Management Phoenix Open comes and it's in your backyard, now you maybe have a tangible reason to say like, oh, this guy that I've been kind of following because we went to the same high school or whatever your connection is, he's playing here. I'm going to go buy a ticket to the tournament. I'm going to buy some concessions. I'm going to take a friend. We're going to go sit on 17, whatever it is. And so that's the aim, right? Make a fan a better fan. It's really easy to have aims that even aren't so quantifiable, but can qualify in in some way. Um, So that's A. And then L, lastly, is um, you really truly have to be live. Now, I'm guilty of this, and I know our clients, we've worked with them on this too, but I've seen live content plans that are finalized weeks and months in advance of an event or an experience. And they're like, Hey, when the event goes live on Twitter, we're going to post these. And here's a photo from last year's stage and it'll look the same. So we'll just use this photo and da, da, da. And I'm like, listen, are we live <laughs> or are we manufacturing live? So we really have to be truly committed to the process of creating content in real time. And it doesn't mean don't be prepared, right? I have a talk and it's called Rehearse for Real Time. It's all about the preparation, but we prepare so that when the moments hit, we can have our eyes up as content producers and creators and we know what we're going after. We know that we're committed to an engaging experience and that allows us to create the best kind of content that is truly actually live. So R-E-A-L, rapid, engaging, aim, and live. Oh my God. I love it. And also so unbelievably easy to understand too, especially the part about like really being committed to going live. You're right. Because I've seen so many event-based content plans that are like, okay, at 9.05, we're going to do this. And then at 9.10, we're going to do this. And then at 9.15, we're going to do this. And it's like, that's great, but you're right. Like the whole reason to follow something live on social or, you know, follow a live tweet stream is because you're getting something 
you're simulating that experience of being there or you're getting something that you feel like you're missing out on and it's genuine. You actually just had an amazing example of how to put real-time content into practice. And you posted on social about it. So some people might have seen about it or seen it, but take us through how exactly you applied real-time to an actual event. Yeah, obviously my history is in sports. And last month I was invited by the communications teams at College Football Playoff to join them this past weekend in San Jose in the Bay Area for the National Championship College Football Game, which is great. I haven't actually covered football since college. Obviously, I'm a sports fan, so I understand the teams. But truth be told, I did not actually watch a ton of college football this season. So if I had to go to a game, at least there were only two teams to worry about. But I got invited to, to watch just kind of how the content gets baked which is a great refresher for me in understanding what the changes are, what the challenges are, because I haven't produced live sports content for a couple of years. The social team there was actually powered by college students who are working in different college athletics programs as undergrad assistants and what have you. And they did a fabulous job producing content in a variety of different places. You know, it didn't look too different from the the things that we put had put in place at the PGA Tour, but now you have so much more content distribution. You have so much more pressure. And there are things that now with my, you know, I've been doing this for now over 10 years, 10 to 12 years, I understand a little bit differently. So when I was looking at holistically at how the content was made, I was like, hey, there's a lot of things that you do have to be planned out, but give yourself the flexibility. You do have to think about who your audience is and who you're talking to on different channels. You know, we need different content for different channels. And if you have a team, sure, that's easier to do in real time. But if you don't, then maybe you need to sunset a channel and point those fans to where you can give them a really good experience. So say if you're not using Facebook through a game, but you're killing it on Instagram stories, well, just tell everybody that and point them there. Sports Twitter is a great place to live because sports Twitter is really, truly the second screen experience. So that was a really cool place to kind of just see how a content team that was quite large did content from the game and not just from the game, but all the events around the game. So we get so focused on what goes on air at five and it goes off air at nine. But no, there's so much stuff happening behind the scenes that even as I was walking out of the meet, of the stadium after the game, one of the things that I passed were the, the tables of food lined up for the players and the coaches post-game. And I just grabbed a snap because, you know, outside the Clemson locker room was huge, huge catering bags of Chick-fil-A. And outside the Alabama locker room, huge tables of Chipotle. And I was like, how fascinating. Like, who would know that? But, you know, you're there, you can grab it and you might not post it right away. You can go back and look at, here's what all our content is and what's the best story to tell from this place. So not being so proactive, but actually giving yourself a chance to edit, I think is also a really key thing. Something that I was really reminded of this, this past weekend at college football playoff. Nice. Oh, Lauren, I love it. This is honestly... I love the framework. It's an amazing framework. I highly encourage everyone to steal it because I'm going to steal it. This is fantastic. Seriously. Thank you so much for being on. I know we are just about out of time, but you're actually talking more about how to plan for real time coming up. You have a couple of conferences. So where can people actually go see you and dive more into this? 
So sports industry friends, I will be at the National Sports Forum um, on a panel with Tagboard. That's in February in Las Vegas, but that's an industry event. More broadly, I am going to go to South by Southwest. I'm actually doing a mentor session on March 10th in Austin. So if you are at South by and you have a badge, sign up for my mentor session because I've got like 90 minutes of just getting to just break it down with people, which I'm so excited about because it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, And I'm also going to be on some of the digital summit stages across the year doing either full-day workshops on social media or also talking about real time on stage during their events. So you can follow me on Twitter at Lauren T, T T-E-E, like golf, um, or at laurenteague.com and I'll have more information on those. Nice. Awesome. Everybody seriously go follow Lauren, go see her speak. She is amazing. And I'm not just saying that, um, she's seriously one of the best speakers I've ever seen. So because we work together, Anna, <laughs> it totally is. It's totally a shameless plug for you because you're awesome. So, all right. So Lauren, um, now that we got to know the professional side of you and you've dropped all this amazing knowledge on us, we are going to get to know more about the personal side of you and true to form. I'm going to throw some lightning round questions at you that you okay. have not had time to prepare. So we're going to test, um, uh, the real-time content on your personal life. So everybody hang in there and we are going to chat with Lauren right after this. Okay, Lauren. So now that we are back, let's go through some lightning round questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So all you have to do is just say whatever comes to your mind first. All right. Ready? Movies or TV? Mm, TV. Football or basketball? Off. <laughs> Favorite TV show of all time? I don't have one. Late Night uh, with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> sweet sweet or savory? Oh, sweet. All day long. Favorite ice cream flavor? Beaver Tracks, which is a very special version you can get here in Oregon. Nice. I need to get that. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely. And I talk about that in a, talk, in a new talk I do. Ooh, I didn't even know that. Starts Twitter wars. Ooh, so does the Oxford comma. So Oxford comma, yay or nay? Nay, because I always forget to put it in. Oh, I love you. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, favorite holiday? My birthday. Does that count? Yeah. Invisibility or super strength? Operation. Ooh, last Halloween costume. Our whole family had costumes to be the Incredibles because there are five of us, including a little baby boy. Um, not all five of us ever got into the Incredibles costumes at the same time. Nice. Nope. As, <laughs> so no pictures exist of all of us. <laughs> as, as to be expected in a family full of young kids. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much. Great job with the lightning round questions. I love how you just bucked the system and created your own answers at some points. Thank you so much for being on. It was so great to have you. Thank you, Anna. I'm happy to uh, join. And now I can check off this is my second CNC podcast appearance ever. Woo-hoo! So I'm making the rounds. Thanks nice. so much. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do us a favor. Go ahead. And uh, when you listen to this, leave us a comment. Um, tell us what co- topics you'd love to hear more of. Um, tell us what you thought, because we really want to hear from you. So leave us, leave us a review everywhere you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. 
The content experience at show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.